Wildling Press presents How Do I Book? How Do I Book by Wildling Press. We like to chat about book writing, book publishing, book marketing, and of course, book reading. We're trying to help new and experienced authors develop their craft, widen their perspectives, and learn to get a little wild every once in a while. My name is Mike. I'm Grace. I'm Mary Payton. All right, y'all. So we came together today to talk about something that might seem simple, but can easily be done wrong. And this is Tips on taking great photos. Woohoo! This is so important. It's very yeah, this important. Is, this is a fun subject. And Mike, I consider you to be a real expert on this. So I'm excited to hear what you have to say. Thank you. You know, we'll see, we'll see how this goes. We'll see how you feel at the end of this. <laughs> yeah, ask me again at the end and I'll tell you. Right. <laughs> so first of all, I want to start y'all off with some pretty huge numbers. The first one is, well, first of all, I want y'all to guess. So how many photos do you think are taken every year? You mean like in the world? In the world. Oh. Yeah, in the world. How many photos do you think are taken every year? And this is an average. Oh, my God. I don't even think I could guess. I, it's like numbers I can't even fathom. Yeah, Yeah, I'll go with that. You are correct. (laughs) Oh, great. Yes. (laughs) Nailed it. It's 1.72 trillion. Honestly, lower than I thought. Oh, my God. That's a lot, you know, and that's including yeah, that's, that's including from regular cameras and digital phones, traditional cameras, anything along those lines. Whoa. But the way that breaks down to is that's 4.7 billion a day. Oh my god, okay. okay. <laughs> that yeah. is like that's just wild to even try and imagine, try to picture. It's a lot. Out of those 4.7 billion a day, 95 million of those photos are posted to Instagram that day. Every day. Yes. Oh my god. And just in photo sharing alone on Instagram, we're known to share globally 1.3 billion photos a day. Oh. Uh, right. I'm really bringing down that average with my Instagram, I got to say. <laughs> you know, same. I've been posted since 2015. <laughs> You're doing great. You're doing I great. Work on that probably. Yeah. So, with these head spinning numbers, there's so much imagery out there and we are really, you know, there's there's a overload. You know, when we're going yeah. through, especially if you get in a scroll hole of going through Instagram, you see a lot of posts in one day. Yeah. But so a lot of those pictures and a lot of those posts can go unnoticed. And if you go back to one of our previous podcasts, you know, I talked about hashtags. So that's one very important part. If you haven't listened to our hashtag episode yet, Pause this one, go back, listen to it, and we'll be here when you're done with that one. Come back to yeah. this, this Come one. Come on back. Come on back. I was just thinking about that when, when you were talking uh, talking about 95 million photos being posted to Instagram every day. My mind immediately went to, well, no wonder it's hard to get noticed on Instagram. Yeah. That's why you got to use those hashtags, baby. Right. Yes. So you need, that, you need that combination of the right hashtags and an engaging picture. Yes. So, and this is the other part of that. Oh. Look right. at you coming full circle, you know, Mike. Yeah, I got to bring it all together. And yes. there's no really perfect answer for how to get the greatest photo, but there are tips that you can follow that will help you along that path. 
Yeah. So I'm going to go over a few of those tips with y'all. And some are very simple. Some of them are maybe something you've never heard before. But uh, the very first one is super simple. A lot of us use our smartphones to take pictures because it's, you know, instant gratification, instant uploading. The first thing you want to do is wipe off your camera lens. Oh, my gosh. Good call. What an underrated thing to do. (laughs) Yeah. You know, unless you're going for what has been known in in the industry as the layman's term as the Barbara Walters filter, where everything is, uh, I don't know if you, back from the day when she did like 2020 and stuff like that, it was always this filter that was blurry. Interesting. Yeah, so it's known as the Barbara Walters filter. <laughs> they but, never that heard in, of that. Yeah. They use that in old movies too, like Alfred Hitchcock films a lot of times, especially for like the female lead. It mm-hmm. would always be this like blurry, kind of glowy filter used on it. Right. Mm. Exactly. And they do that for the uh the lost season they call it or the first season of RuPaul's Drag Race. The filter's awful and everything's completely blurry through the entire thing, and luckily that's something they fixed. So, Are they trying to like hide imperfections or what yes. is the, okay. Yeah, pretty much. So All if right. that's part of your branding, it then go with it. But most of us, especially now, we want a clean, crisp photo that we can work with and then we can make changes to, you know, the way it looks when we get into the editing. Right. So just, yeah, step one, wipe off your camera lens. After that, you want to remember the rule of thirds. I don't know if y'all have ever heard of that before. Yeah, my mom taught me about this when I was younger because she's a a designer as well. Nice. Yeah, it's definitely something that expands through a lot of design practices and not just photography. As a, So I'll read the official definition as Adobe puts it. The rule of thirds is a composition guideline that places your subject in the left or right third of an image, leaving the other two thirds more open. While there are other forms of composition, the rule of thirds generally leads to compelling and well-composed shots. And if you notice, there's sometimes like people take some pretty cool pictures where it's a selfie, but it's them over to the right or left. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and not just dead center or looking down at the camera. Boring. Yes, exactly. So you want to remember this rule of thirds and practice with it and figure out what works best for you and for what you're trying to convey in your image. Nice. It's good to have something like that. I don't know, just like a set measurement or I don't know what you'd call it, but just like some solid direction as to how to like set up the composition of a photo because I feel like sometimes you can be looking at something and you're like I just can't make this look good but if you just sort of step back and like consider that particular rule maybe that would help you a lot no yeah exactly and there's another thing too until you really get used to this practice you can go in your phone settings and there's a grid that you can set up and it's a three by three grid and so you can actually use that to figure out and make sure that whatever you want to be in that third of the frame is in the third of the frame. Can you explain how, in case people don't know how to do that? Uh, It's kind of different on different phones on each phone. And I know that when I first started using it, I had an Android. So it was definitely, you just went under your settings and there was, it said grid and you set it. Since then I have gone to an iPhone and I haven't had to set it. So I honestly don't know, but it is, it should be a simple setting. And then, you know, Google is our friend. Once you've worked on the rule of thirds, another tip to have is before you take your actual photos, tap on the subject of your photo. That way that your camera knows your focal point and will sharpen the image to where you want it. Yeah, that can also help if you have weird lighting going on, I feel like. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And that's just something that's very simple that I think sometimes people forget. You know, you get caught up in the moment or you're taking pictures of anything and you just start clicking away. But if you have the time, you know, click on what you're actually trying to focus on and give your phone a second to grab on and I, yeah adjust and i know as phones get more advanced 
they'll automatically do it for you, but I still yeah. like to do it myself. I get it. But that's a yeah, I like that's that. a pretty easy yeah. one. The next one would be check your lighting. You know, if you're using natural lighting or a light ring, just be sure to check where your shadows are being cast. Because you don't want the, the light to be at the wrong focal point of the image. And then what you're actually trying to show off doesn't get that much attention. Mm. Yeah. Have y'all ever heard of the golden hour? Yes. Oh, I love a golden hour. Yes. Good. Yeah. I feel like that's something we should all know and have in our back pocket when we're taking pictures. So magical. It's beautiful. And it's the hour before sunset. So if you're taking pictures outside, this is the ideal time to take pictures. The natural light source is just much more compelling at this time and not as harsh as earlier in the day or say noon. It's, you know, the lighting is very harsh compared to six o'clock in the summer or 4.30 in the winter, you know, somewhere around there, depending where you are. I feel like the tendency sometimes with taking photos is to think the more lighting, the better, which is absolutely not true. So a lot of people are like, oh, it's a bright, sunny day outside. It's a great time to take photos. But that can make... The shadows really harsh, the lighting, the contrast really harsh, which isn't good for photos. So that golden hour or like a slightly overcast day is really nice Mm -hmm. too. Yeah, overcast for sure. Especially if that's the vibe you're going for. It really helps out a lot. Yeah. And I don't know if we have any bookstagram listeners, but I I feel like also if you're if what you're take if your subject is a book, you also have to consider what the finish is on the book cover. Because if it's a glossy finish, then you have to consider how the lighting is interacting with that because it might totally mess it up. You can't read the title or doesn't jive with the cover. That can be really tricky. And that's definitely something, very tricky. And that's something that you would definitely try to fix in the editing phase after you've taken the pictures. And if you're fortunate enough to have access to things like Photoshop or things like Photoshop, something I've had to do before because... The setup that I really wanted, I couldn't get that glossy cover to calm down. Yeah, for the like picture. chill out glossy cover. <laughs> right. So what I would do a lot of the times is I would take a the actual cover from another photo that had better lighting, but not the setup I wanted, and I'd and I'd cut it out and I'd move it over to the oh picture. Oh my I wanted. god, Gosh. you sneaky sneak! We should do an episode on tips and tricks like that if people want to start. That's getting into so that kind smart. Of thing. Yeah. For sure, yeah. Like another thing that if you say on that line would be trying to take photos of your Kindle. It's glossy, it's glass, it's always going to reflect, and you're, you can even see yourself while you're trying to take a picture of that cover. So I'll get the picture that I want, and then I'll bring that cover in in Photoshop and put it over the actual Kindle itself, and then adjust it to match the lighting of the entire yeah. picture, so it looks yeah. more natural. So smart. I think they do that in like shows and movies too. If they ever show you, you like something to. with the screen. That makes sense. Yeah, you have to, if not, I mean, it's it's a, it's basically a mirror. Yeah, yeah. One of the photos I took recently for the Wildling social media page on Instagram was of Gone Girl. And that book is literally black, glossy. Oh. With just like the title treatment Gone Girl Could you in the just middle. see your face in it? So in my face, it was so <laughs> hard to get an angle. So if you guys check out the Instagram, you'll see maybe the strangest angle I've ever taken of a, of a book. <laughs> At Wildling Press? Yes. At Wildling Press on Instagram. Yes. Um, check it out. Please like it, even if it's a little <laughs> weird. But yeah, it was so hard to get the gloss, the, the lighting, and You should have sent it to Mike. He could have fixed it for you. I, I know. I yeah. didn't know. So stupid. Now you know send it to me because I've definitely had those sent in the past to me from Christina, who's also a member of Wildling, as you may know. She's like, Mike, please you know, get rid of this glare. And I'm like, I got you. I got, got you, girl. Got you. Yeah, Amazing. I got you. Yeah. But yeah, so make sure your lighting looks good and that, you're, that it's what you want it to be. 
Something else to keep in mind is to take your photos from multiple angles and take plenty of photos. You might have something in mind when you go to take your picture, and then it just doesn't really translate to the photo after you've taken it. So just change your angle, you know, from directly over top to change the degree that you're taking it at. And just remember that you can delete all the ones that don't work. And you may find something while you're being adventurous in these different angles that really works for what you're trying to take a photo of or what you're trying to convey. It's yeah. true. Certain angles can really be surprising. And I'm I'm literally for this one thinking of taking selfies, which is a little different. Oh, yeah. But, you know, oh, sometimes yeah. you're like, wow, I look great. I want to take a selfie right now. And then you try it from an <laughs> angle. And you're like, no, absolutely not. <laughs> this is all wrong. And then you try something different, like maybe from above or from a different side or something like that. It ends up looking great. And that's the beauty of everyone having or most everyone having phones that can take photos is you have the opportunity to take a million and just delete the ones you don't want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not like back in the day where you had a roll of film that had 25 pictures on it. You had to just guess that they were okay, go pay for them to get developed, go pick them up, and then realize you're throwing 23 pictures away and you only like two. Uh, (laughs) Man, that was the wildest times going to pick up your photos of like your most recent birthday party or something like that. And (laughs) most of them are bad. You get a couple of good ones out of there. There's always like a finger or something that was in frame or over the flash. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sometimes not the most flattering of faces are made. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so definitely, you know, keep those different angles in in mind and take plenty of photos. And this is also something too that, especially if you're developing a brand for yourself, which by the way, on the next season of How Do I Book, there will be an episode on branding photography. Nice. And I definitely want you to tune in for that one. It should be sometime in the first handful of months of the year. But if I just tune in every every week, because you want to hear every episode, right, but right, there will be course. one on branding photography. <laughs> so while you're taking these different angles, you may find one that works for your brand and you want to stick with throughout the duration of your social media. That is true, because I do think particularly on Instagram, people are really considering how all of their photos appear in like the grid of their account, you know? Mm-hmm. And so like really taking into consideration how each individual photo is like working with the one next to it is something to think about too. Right. No, absolutely. But yeah, so once you've you figured out that step, another tip that I want to share with you is that negative space is a good thing. Mm, interesting. Mm-hmm. According to Adobe, I like to refer to them for definitions on things design. Negative space photography is related to minimalist photography. It emphasizes not just the subject, but the empty space around the subject. The viewer's eye may be drawn to a central figure, but they can't help noticing the large section of emptiness that surrounds and defines that figure. I love that that part, that last part of it that surrounds and defines that figure. So it's not like negative space is taking away from your focal point. It's, it's like emphasizing it. Yeah, it's emphasizing it. And that's something too that can come in handy, especially if it's a f- photo that you do want to take into edit and add some text or things along those lines or mm. a call to action. You're allowing yourself space to do that without overwhelming your subject. Yeah, I feel like, Mike, you have a particularly good sense of negative space just because you edit so many book covers and you need to consider like where is a title treatment going on this image or you know where is the author's name etc etc but like you just you need room for that yeah negative space is definitely one of my best friends when it comes to cover design oh yeah 
And there's definitely a mistake that can be commonly made when people are taking pictures of a subject. They'll zoom in too close to the image, you know, things along those lines. And that can also like degrade your actual photo too, right? Definitely. And it's one of those things that can also be just jarring and unappealing to the viewer to have something just forced in their face when they go to look at a picture. Yeah. So definitely using a negative space, you're calling more attention to the subject. Yeah. But yeah, those are those are my uh, main tips for taking great photos. I don't know if y'all have any that you wanted to jump in there or not, because I know y'all are also photo takers. Hmm. Yeah, Mary Payton's been doing a lot of photo taking for Wildlings, so I don't know if you have any come to your mind. Like I said, I haven't posted on Instagram since 2015, so. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> I'm Mary that Payton, girl. Any, yeah, any words of wisdom, Mary Payton, or any like words of encouragement? I mean, words of encouragement more than wisdom, that's for sure. That's what I go to Mary Payton for, I will say. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I'm great at. No, it's I like this list because it's a list of like simple things that are more more tangible, like easier to follow, less subjective. Yeah, these are like action items. Yeah, I love it because so much of it, so much of taking photos, especially of books for social media is the vibe. (laughs) Because Mm -hmm, I, mm -hmm. I didn't, I, I don't know design, I'm not a designer. So you going through this list of actual solid items is incredibly helpful. Good, I'm glad. Yeah, because I definitely didn't want to tell you this is how you take a photo because that limits your creativity. Yeah. And, you know, that's one of the things you really want to give your own voice to your photos and you want to have fun with them. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I will say is like not to overthink it. As someone who is chronically overthinking all the time, (laughs) you know, you can really get wrapped up, especially on Instagram. You can get really get wrapped up in all those different edits that you can make. Um, Mm -hmm. After you take a photo of like, whether the contrast is set at 21 or 20, like, you know, you Mm -hmm. can really lose your mind with that. And I think a lot of times if you follow these rules of composition and lighting, then the editing part afterwards can be really minimal. Yeah, you don't have to make up for so much. Right. If you set yourself up for success. That's right. And just have fun. And that's how you book. This episode was written by me, Michael Hardison, and edited by Mary Peyton Crook. Our logo was designed by me, Michael Hardison. Our theme music was produced by Jason Hilton. Please check out the show notes for a link to the accompanying blog post and visit us online at Wildling Press on social media or at www.wildlingpress.com.